Welcome to the Rambling Viking Podcast. I am your host, producer, sponsor, and special guest, the Rambling Viking. Thank you for joining me today. A little bit about my show, quick disclaimer, is this is a solo opinion. I will say that again, opinion podcast. Filled with some fun segments of random rage, some over-the-top reviews, and goofy Viking tales from my personal life. But I want to circle back around to what I first said is it's me, and it's uh, my opinion on things. So, just so we're clear. And... If you don't like my opinion and you really got to let me know about it, please, please, I welcome the mail. Uh, grab you a nice, crisp sheet of off-white stationery and uh, get your quill and ink ready to go and slather that all over, lather that all over that and form some words about how you feel and send it to 1001 Fannin Street, F-A-N-N-I-N, Houston, Texas, zip 77002. And I'm sure the very nice people, uh, very nice executives at Waste Management will know how to properly dispose and or recycle that hot garbage that is hate mail. But if you like what I'm doing, you should definitely uh, comment on either iTunes, Pocket Cast, however you're listening, Anchor, whichever one, or even on the, uh, the blog, WordPress, which may be going out of the way, so... Um, before I get too deep into the show, I want to make a little announcement about what's happening. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting into a, an idea of a set schedule, and I'm going to try it out along with a couple, uh, one, primarily, new uh, segment, episode style. I don't know what you want to call it. It's little tidbits, basically. But So this is the, I will just call this the regular episode. It usually goes from about 45 to an hour. And those of you who listen to me, all five of you, you know that. And, um, you know, we, we have different segments on this episode, but I was wondering, I, things happen to me every day and I'm always like, and a lot of times I can't write it down as a note to use in the podcast. I'm just like, man, I need to like talk about this and, or this is just funny or this is crazy, you know? And I just want to put it out there. So I'm going to start something, plan on episodes dropping once a week, regular episodes dropping once a week. Probably on Wednesdays, but the schedule's not totally regular now because it's Monday, and I don't know if I can wait two days to post this, so we'll see. But on top of that, we're going to do what's called the Daily Ramble, which are separate episodes, and those are going to be four days a week. Uh, right now, it's looking like, so if regular episode drops on Wednesday, we'll have the Daily Ramble Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. And Daily Ramble, like I said, just a quick little 10, 15, 20 minutes at the most, just about... Um, you know, one thing, two things, some things that happened in, in my day. And I just posted the first one today. It's 10 minutes. I was driving home from work and just recorded it on my phone. So the sound quality is not, you know, what I would like it to be, but it's good enough. And uh, it, it, you know, I think that's how a lot of them may turn out. But, you know, those of you who do this, let me know what you think of it, if you like it. Um, I, it's a way to I can have a consistent, I can have things, some my phone's going off. I didn't realize. Come on, people. And I can have, you know, be putting out some consistent content, not having to worry about writing everything down in my notes because, honestly, I'm getting to be overwhelmed with my own notes. And it's kind of like, what do I choose to talk about next? So 
without without further ado, I'm, uh, I just want to give you that little update, and we may have a sports episode, sports-themed episode coming up, and may become like a kind of a weekly, bi-weekly thing as well. Um, we're just going to see how this daily ramble goes, along with uh, the regular episode, which I might call The Voyage, but... This is all fun and good, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get into this. I'm gonna quit boring you with my rambling. <laughs> so the battle plan for today's show is, as per usual, we have uh, you know what dulls my axe. We're gonna talk a little bit about um, you know where where the shift in driving is, where we started doing things backwards and not literally driving backwards. Then we're gonna get into uh, Antifa or Antifa, whichever way you pr- prefer. Pr- to pronounce it, and whether they're fighting a problem or they really are the problem that they supposedly fight. And uh, we get to hear awesome review from where uh, my favorite place to get a burrito and the best place to get a burrito, actually. And then we learn a little fun story about my good dog, Parker. And more big news, I have a new segment for this episode. That's within this episode. It's very short, but it's uh, something I've encountered. I was like, man, I feel like that would be a good fit. So <clears throat> there is such a thing as too much prep work, so we're going to hit the hit the whetstone and find out what dulls my axe. Breaks then blinker, folks. BTB. You know, once upon a time, we were all learning to drive in one capacity or another. Some of us, the older generations, maybe didn't have driver's ed. It's only been around for, you know, I don't know how long. Maybe it's been around for a long time. But we all have driver's ed. We learned the rules of driving, the ins and outs, the anatomy of the car. You know, everything has a purpose in the car. You know, the brake lights, the headlights, the running lights, the blinkers, the windshield wipers. It all serves a very particular purpose. And through a lot of times, is it's, it's really the evolution of, you know, horse-drawn carriage to tiny motor pushing a car. And you had to do all these gears. And now, you know, you just put it in D and you, you press the gas and you go. Well, somewhere along the lines, I've, I've noticed a, de- a deterioration, and I, I think it's primarily due to, I guess, just a laziness, and it, oh, but, it, but it's one that really, really, really gets me, and I know we all probably, you can probably identify with road rage and just there's stupid people everywhere, and you know what, quite frankly, sometimes I am the stupid person, and I do dumb things, and uh, I checked my phone right as the light turned green the other day, just glanced at it and got honked at, and I was like, dadgummit, but in my defense, I'm pretty sure I just hadn't moved for like half, I'll say a full second, one second, one, one thousand, which I've noticed a lot of people who are paying attention don't move for that long, so dude was a little antsy, and yeah, so there's, you know, there, there's that, we have, we have the driving aspect of life, and Specifically, what I'm going to hone in on is, is the blinker. In driver's ed, we learn the blinker is a signal. It's not for you. It's not to, oh, this is where I'm going. I need to know this. this the blinker is purely designed for other drivers around you, everyone else on the road, to, to let them know, this is where I want to go. I'm going to go there. So then the other drivers can anticipate what's going to happen, and react accordingly. So ultimately, it's a matter of safety. And it's a matter, you know, it's a way to keep everybody well-informed around you, presuming they're paying attention, so that the, the road can be as safe as possible. And, and here's my, and, and so that's my big problem with this, is I'm personally, so this, 
then, so that means that this generalizes to um, actually not just the United States, but the entire world, because I am personally, anecdotally having this. So this, yeah, this works with no actual empirical data. But I am seeing a revolution where we go from young driver being cautious, 10 and 2, blinker, and long before we even have to turn, to one-handed, looking at our phones, doing whatever, and then waiting until the very last second to use our blinker. Nothing gets, I don't, gets me more than when I'm following somebody and they just start to break, 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 break. Because well, I'm like an, an assumption and anticipation. Like I'm a very observant driver and just kind of that way with my surroundings in general. So I start thinking and kind of making conjectures about what's and hypothesizing about what's happening. And I've had this happen a lot, unfortunately. I'm going and person in front of me just starts to break. And then they keep breaking. It's not like, ah, oh, quick break. You know, maybe there's something or maybe the person in front of them broke. It broke. <laughs> they, they hit their brakes. And then they, they break, 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 break. And I'm like, what the, why are we slowing down almost to a stop? And then all of a sudden, it's one thing if they just break and then turn and no blinkered at all. That's just a completely negligent person. And honestly, I can kind of live with that. It's this type of person that should have some board-led review on keeping their license. Because driving is a privilege, folks. It's the person who breaks all the way and then at the very last second, dink, hits that blinker. So you maybe get... Mm, two blinks before they're actually turning. And it's like, oh, hey, it's, it's like that friend that's like, hey, uh, can I come over? I'm actually at your front door. And you're like, whoa, I'm not even home. And or my family's in town and we're having an intervention. You should leave. Like, what? This is, it's just, it's madness to me. It's the whole point of a blinker is to tell you you start blinking and then you, you break. It's not, oh, break, break, break. Oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm going to go here. What are you doing? Oh, I, I can't stand it. Oh, it just, it makes me shiver. It gives me goosebumps because I'm just like, come on, man. Because for me, it's like, break. was like, wait, why are you breaking? Hey, what's going on? What, why are we slowing down? I need to get around you. Oh, you're turning. And you waited all that time to tell me maybe I should just rear-ended you and tried to plead that you broke break for no reason because I'll tell you my problem is I start to assume it's like oh there must be something like in the road or the person in front of them is blinking and also they turn there's no cars in front of them nothing in the road they just they wanted to turn the BTB has got to stop folks we've got to calm down with this Break and then blinker. I can handle it if it's like you start to break it and you immediately put on your blinker. Like it's almost virtually simultaneous. But I'm talking about the egregious, the gross gap of time from a full, like you almost come to the full stop. I'm talking right before your turn. You're starting to turn your steering wheel and you go, let me throw on my blinker so you can know. Like that is the most almost spiteful, disrespectful move you can make to the other drivers. Because at this point, we've already figured out you're turning. And so you're just really telling us, not as a courtesy, but almost as like a, ha-ha, funny joke, like, got one, buddy. Like, it's almost as, yeah, just literally be like to spite us. And it's like, I don't even know you, dude. I'm just trying to live my life. And I was hoping you could use these tools properly in the car to make us all better drivers. But 
you know what? Apparently, that's too much work to flick a switch, to extend our fingers on the back of the steering wheel and flick a switch up. But I'm not going to belabor this point too much. I just, I just had to get it out, and I just want people to please, please go back to what you learned. Use your blinker at least when you right when you start to brake, but not right before you turn after you've already been braking almost to a complete stop. Like let's let's fix this. So, all right, I was way too long on that. But next up, we have a new segment alert. So get excited, folks! Uh, this segment is going to be called our battlefield casualty, and this is going to be usually a personal encounter but can be a story of you know from one of my peers or a friend or family member of a person an encounter with a person who it's one who begs the question how have they made it this far you are living surviving on your own you are a member of society somehow and the, but this person is, is is one of those where it's like you question how they function successfully within society but it's you know due to the cushy modern age where really kind of anybody can get by this this person if they were plucked out of our time right now put back into the viking age they would be an almost instantaneous obvious immediate battlefield casualty and you know these are the type of people that just kind of probably I don't want to say lack common sense, but because it's it's deeper than lacking common sense. It's almost just lacking like sense. I I don't know. Like sometimes I feel like my dogs have a more have a better grasp on reality and personal responsibility than some people I run into. But we won't we won't get in. I won't take this tangent too far. So we'll we'll get into it. this. Will be a quick little little story. So I'm working at a store. And there's two glass, um, it's a double door, and I'm on the outside. So what I'm doing is, you know, a couple times a day, they get fingerprints all over the door. So what I do is I go out there and I wipe down the doors and kind of make them look nice. And so that's what I'm doing. And, you know, starting the inside, and obviously I do one door at a time, and there's double doors, so, you know, it's not like I'm shutting down traffic. It's just, hey, just use this door. Well, I'm on the outside. If you're looking at it, I'm on the right door. And I'm, I'm kind of going, and I keep my peripherals open, so because I'm kind of in the middle right now. So if someone comes, I'll just kind of step to the side. So I'm just solely in front of one door, and they can use the other door. And it should be noted that there was no traffic. There was no potential traffic for at least another 10 to 15 seconds through this door. And this lady walks up from, from behind me, essentially, and reflecting and thinking about it now, not necessarily a young gal, probably somewhere in 30s to 40s. I don't know. It's hard to judge. And, but full-grown human being, I mean, lives independently, has a life of her own. And I go, oh, and, you know, like I said, I was standing there. So I said, oh, excuse me, and kind of step over. And she goes, oh, no problem. Like, it's not an inconvenience. And then grabs the handle on the right. The, the handle of the door that I am mid-cleaning and I just stop, kind of, I don't know if I smile, but I just look at her, and she's focused ahead, because I'm glad she couldn't look at me, because she definitely would have been offended and upset, because this look I gave her was, who in the world, you're a grown adult, human being, you might have kids, you might have reared children, or be rearing children, 
And you do this kind of atrocity. And then look, I know most people say, what? You use the same door, you know. But like, it's clear and it's blatantly obvious. It's these little things like this where it's just like everybody else can get it. Oh, yeah, just use the other door. Use the other door. But I don't know what it was. Maybe she was so fixated on you always have to use the correct door, which we walk how we drive. So, you know, go downstairs. You go down the right. You go through a door, double door. You use the door on the right like we drive on the right side of the road. But, like, I am, I'm telling you, like, I am in the middle of wiping this window down. And this lady's just like, yeah, I'm going to use that door because that other one's just not an option. Maybe, maybe she thought it was wall. I don't know, folks. But, oh, Gladys, not her real name. That's her given name, though, for this segment. Gladys is our battlefield casualty of the day. And whether it be just a total lack of situational awareness on her part or a blatant disregard of said situational awareness or maybe she just holds too tightly to some set of unwritten rules that you really don't have to follow at all. But she is the battlefield casual. If she were to be plucked out of today's era and put into the Viking era, it could be assumed that she would not last long on the field of battle. And um, she would live a very, very short life. But that's the new segment, Battlefield Casually. I'm not sure how I feel about it, but hopefully we'll, uh, we're just going to keep toying with it. You know, this is all a game, and I'm trying to figure out the best way to play it. But we'll move forward on to the voyage. So, folks, grab your oars, hoist the sail, and let's start rowing through the sea of intellect. Today, we are going to the far-off Parado- almost paradoxical island of Antifa or Antifa, whatever you want to call it. So some of you may be saying, what is Antifa, An- Antifa or Antifa? You know, uh, well, it's an acronym, first of all. Well, sort of. It's kind of like an abbreviation. But basically, it's uh, anti- or anti-fascist organization. So typically, I'm going to tell you that just... A brief. I don't. I don't like to harp on the political because then people just think, well, you just because you know you don't. You're not on the same side. Well, no, but they are. They are a far left organization um, that's kind of come up, and they've they made themselves known because they are the anti-fascists. They are against fascism, and uh, on, sadly, a lot of times though, they try and they resort to violence and like like having knives trying to throw rocks at people like very serious stuff like trying to get guns to be able to go and stop these these supposed fascists or what they view as fascists but i think they have a pretty twisted view of fascists and they're just attacking they don't know what they're doing they're so lost in their ideology and what gender they are it's a little ridiculous but before we move too deeply into them I think it's fair to look at what is what is fascism because you say okay they're anti-fascist that's fine, but when you, let's look at let's look at what fascism is and so then we can look at them as a whole and kind of the just the ideology behind them because I'm going to start and I'm pinpointing Antifa but we're going to kind of expand it to the bigger group think that we run into with a lot of people nowadays and what we see honestly in a lot of mainstream media just in terms of talk so Antifa is kind of the extreme I'm going to harp on them and then we'll expand a little bit. So fascism, I'm going to read you just the whole definition, but I think it's really just kind of the last little bit that applies to what most people who, when they're talking about, you know, fascism in the United States through whatever reason, or, you know, they don't, they want to stop fascism is what they're referring to. It's a political philosophy movement or regime such as that is the fascisty 
that exalts nation and often race above the individual, and that stands for a centralized autocratic government headed by a dictatorial leader, severe economic and social regimentation, and forcible suppression of the opposition. That last little bit, the forcible suppression of the opposition is really what I'm going to get at here. Because all of that is good and well, but that's kind of in like a in like a state form, meaning in, you know in, in a country or, or a certain state that holds to a fascist ideology. And uh, the most common one you think of will be kind of the USSR, Russia, um, North Korea. I, you could consider a fascist, and uh, even even China. You know, maybe earlier China, kind of under Mao. You know, when they had the guys lighting themselves on fire in front of tanks, type. You know, way back when, but. That's fascist, and specifically, though, because we're an American, we're free, and the government's definitely not like that at all, and this country's not like that at all. So I think what people, they've boiled fascism down to is forcible suppression of the opposition, meaning there, there is suppression of opposing, and in this case, viewpoints, is what we're looking at. So they, you know, they, they don't see eye to eye, they don't believe the same thing you believe, thus you know, they're going to suppress you. It's like, oh, we disagree? Well, I'm going to not let that get out. Like, if you disagree with me, you're Hitler. Like, that's kind of what fascism is. It's like you're evil, almost. And so that's what, that's what Antifa is trying to fight. They're anti-fascist. They're against suppression of the opposition. So just from my little scope of viewpoint, I want to look at who kind of gets targeted and I'm trying to keep this kind of apolitical, but politics bleed into these sort of things. This is actually a very political group. Um, so this, this is going to get political. But I'm not, not in the boring sense of the all this nonsense. And I'm not even going to mention, you know who, El Presidente. So looking at the targets, I'll tell you right now, um, uh, Jordan Peterson specifically has been called a fascist. Ben Shapiro has been called a fascist, a white supremacist. Everything under the sun, and um, he's really the biggest one. And the funny thing about Ben Shapiro being called all that is he he his skin tone is white, but what most people miss is that he's Jewish. And actually, I think it might have been maybe not last year, but two years ago now, just because of how the timeline has fallen, that he was actually the number one recipient of anti-Semitic comments online. Anti-Jew comments. This dude who gets a lot of times shown and put in the light of he's a white supremacist and he's, he's so oppressive is actually seeing oppression on a daily basis so widespread that he's the number one target. And second of all, he's a Jew. So, I mean, he's not... How can you be a white supremacist, white supremacist if you're a Jew? They definitely don't like the Jews. So that's a paradox in and of itself. That just goes to show you uneducated people just repeat nonsense that they hear. They're, they're so caught up in some brainwashing or whatever. But that's, that's just funny to me. But I'll, I'll kind of broaden that spectrum. And a lot of conservatives get, get posed as, as fascists. And, it's, and I think it's not necessarily because – and I say, what is fascist? And, and most of these guys, like Ben Shapiro, I'll tell you what he's for. He's for – Freedom of speech, meaning you can disagree. And I'll say some of this intellectual dark web. So you're talking about, you know, Joe Rogan falls under that. Dave Rubin, all these guys. Uh, Jordan Peterson, that was his big thing, was actually, he didn't believe in these non, in these made-up, gen, you know, these infinite number of 
gender pronouns that can literally that are at the discretion of the person and then those being forced upon his person he was like i'm not gonna you can't force make believe upon me and he disagreed and so he was actually agreeing with the kind of the forcible suppression of opposition and now he's being attacked and labeled as such kind of seems seems a little bit funny and backwards right so i'll tell you for Ben Shapiro, some of his events, it's been rumored that Antifa has been, you know, trying to attack him and stuff like that. And what's funny is that if, if you haven't watched any of his videos, there are some videos of him from a few years back. He's on college campuses, and he's just trying to talk. All he's trying to talk about most of the time is, is freedom of speech and, and ideals. And it's, it's a young um, Americans for Freedom Foundation or Young Conservatives Foundation. And it's literally, it's like very, very peaceful, you know, on a college campus. You know, just in an auditorium, he just wants to come talk and take questions. And he actually says, if you disagree with me for the Q&A, I want you to go to the front of the line. Because I want to talk with people that disagree with me. Because he knows that echo chambers are good for nobody. Well, a lot of the times, you know what's hilarious? He'll have kids march in and sit there and, say, and just, like, shout over him. Like, I'm talking, like, a full-blown shouting protest. And so he can't even talk. And, and they, they're calling him white supremacists, cursing at him. And I'm just like, you understand... And, and I will say it's fair. It's probably fair to hypothesize that these people, maybe maybe they're not Antifa, but they're 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 in the same thought ideology as Antifa. And it's just like they think they're suppressing some suppressing someone who's a fascist. And it's like, do you understand that's fascism? But that's what I don't mean to get too deep into that before I target Antifa. So so Antifa, they they want to stop fascism. But what they do is they they're they're violent. And they'll, it, it's, it's really just opposing viewpoints to them. And they label them as this extreme viewpoints, as, as Nazis and Hitler and, and white supremacists and, you know, xenophobic people who, who are oppressing the, the trans community and, and all these communities and the, black, and the minority communities and they hate them. When really all these people are doing is saying, hey, there's more than one way to look at a situation and, you know, it's... Well, it's really just expressing the freedom of thought. And, but what they do then is they try and they'll come with noisemakers, they'll come with chants, they'll come with protests, they'll try and infiltrate with like knives and stuff and actually harm people to stop these events because they, they believe they are so evil and bad. And I just, I can't help but sit back and look and say, who's evil and bad here? Nine times out of ten, all that's happening is a general exchange of ideas. So one person monologues his thoughts and his kind of perspective on the world and how things work and a lot of times the political uh, the political world and the political culture currently, and that's all he's doing. And they're not crazy thoughts. He's not sitting there saying blacks have dimples in their skulls, so they're more subject to and be inclined to, you know, being told what to do, being put under authority. Uh, that's a reference to Django. If, if anybody knows knows what I'm talking about when he talks about the little dimples on the skull, but you know, like crazy stuff like that. They're not saying that nonsense, and they're not trying to spout that, spout some white privilege stuff, and, and you know, denounce that all you know that certain peoples aren't oppressed or there's not problems. They're just literally saying, "This is my side of the, you know, this is what I think." And they, since they don't think what Antifa thinks, that makes them a fascist. So we have to shut them down. Do you hear? Do you hear the paradox in the logic here? You don't agree with us. We have to shut you down. So it makes me just beg the question, all right, Antifa, who's the real fascist? First of all, I need, I need them to look up what a fascist is and see what they're doing. But the problem is they think they're morally doing a, a, a right because they're so delusional that they think that, the, that this just a, a 
casual civil disagreement on ideas, maybe, you know, saying, look, saying the dress is blue or the dress is white kind of scenario. Well, they're basically saying dress is blue. If you say the dress is white, that's hate speech. And, you know, you're a hateful person. You're evil. And it's like, whoa, why you, you turn this moral? Just because I disagree doesn't mean I'm not open to my mind changing and, you know, you, me shifting my views. But that's how we – you come to that common ground by – by conversing with people, you have to talk with people you don't agree with. And this is something I struggle with because it's nice to talk to people you agree with because it's like, oh, yeah, 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 But, you know, my most productive conversations have been with my friends that I don't agree with and have a totally different perspective on life. And one buddy of mine, Josh, I mean, we've had, we had like a two-hour phone conversation about something because I went on some gun control rant on Twitter. And... He was, you know, we sat there and just talked about it. And what's awesome is we kind of had some assumptions about each other's thoughts. And then, but then we were able to each say, no, 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 this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. And then we actually found a lot of common ground. And I think a, a good middle ground. And you know what's the best part is? We're still friends. Like, I don't think he's evil. He doesn't think I'm evil. We just don't see eye to eye on the subject. And we can still get along and even be friends and hang out and have fun. Much less just live in the same space. So Antifa, take a hike, all right? Figure out what fascism is. Look at what you're doing. Please put a mirror up to you. We, and I think this is a good practice for everybody. Always put a mirror up to you and your actions in a, in a figurative sense. Look at yourself. Reflection is an amazing way to, see, to, to know yourself better, know your actions better, and then also learn to empathize and maybe think, okay, so this is, this is how I'm being viewed, and find flaws in your person and become a better, more, well, more well-rounded person. This is what we need more of today because that sort of logic has, has, has confounded and, and it's, it's gotten bigger and grown, and you see that even in the mass media. You see, you see these people being called all sorts of things. Like, like Kanye just wants to think free, and I think he kind of did it in a spiteful way, but he, he really... what. Kanye was saying was just think for yourself and now look at this Kanye's crazy all right so I'm not sitting here saying I am all for all his political views or any any sort of thing Kanye's Kanye's really insane you never know what he's going to do next but the point that I do take sides with him on is he was literally just saying I don't have to think this way because everybody who looks like me thinks this way and that, that's really it. He did it in his own little Kanye way, but I think that's at the base of what he was trying to say, at least. He, I, don't think, I don't think he did a very good job. Was that? So let's just, let's just agree that it's not just because someone disagrees with you does not make them evil, okay? And we have to stop. And this is the overall narrative, I think, in the country a lot of times. It's just like, you know, you know, what kills me is, oh, if you don't think the NRA is evil, then you are evil and, and you are akin to child murders. I can't stand that it's like wait 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 where it's so it's either like it's ricky bobby either you're first or your last i'm just like no there's 37 places between first and last actually and most of us fall somewhere you know at 15 or 16 and you have the first place and you have the last place and they're polar opposites but most of us actually fall in the middle if we could just learn to acknowledge it so conclusion here is antifa are the fascists. The anti-fascists are the fascists. They're fighting themselves, like, like in Me, Myself, and Irene with Jim Carrey. If you've seen that, that's a pretty funny scene. Uh, you should definitely look that one up. So, yeah. It, it, 
I just, it's ridiculous. Antifa are the fascists. Good job. Hats off to you. Round of applause. Now, it's time to get off this crazy paradoxical island that is Antifa. And uh, we're going, the voyage is going to come home. We're going to sit around the fire. We're going to recap by reading, by getting to uh, the way too much, but that's why we love it totally over the top item of the day. Or otherwise known as the T-W-T-M-B-T-W-W-L-I-T-O-T-T-I-O-F-D-D for short. And today, we once again venture back to Connor on Yelp. And I should say, I forgot to say this on the last episode, but it happened with the last episode. He, just with a little under two months and these insane reviews, if you've listened to the first four episodes of this podcast or three episodes of this podcast... He is a Yelp elite. Someone saw this and said, this guy, this guy needs to be in the Yelp elite. He is one of us. One of us. <laughs> this man knows what's good. And which is, it, it's hilarious, but awesome to me. So he's, this, these are now official Yelp elite reviews. Stamped. Oh, put a, put a whistle around his neck. Put him in the zebra suit. And let him blow the whistle because he's he is official. That was a terrible rhyme and sequence, but I don't care. So without further ado, now we'll say this. Most of the time we've been looking at five star reviews. And this this one is just a four star, but I can respect it. I can respect it because it's his five star. I, I could see why he couldn't just give him a five star. But I will say this. It's of my possibly my favorite place ever. But definitely one of my favorite places ever, as far as as far as like chains go, and that is Qdoba. So let's jump into this, folks. Qdoba, more like King Cobra, just like that of a cobra. You won't even realize you're about to get bit by the Qdoba strike until it's too late. The major difference between the restaurant and a snake is that when a snake bites you, you could get poisoned and you know die. When Qdoba gets you. You look up one day and realize you've had Qdoba thrice in a single week. If some of you are new to this poison, venom, if we're actually talking about snakes, sorry, pet peeve of mine, listen up. But technically this is poison because you would be ingested. I didn't mean to ruin the view. Listen up. I got the lowdown on the best venom this side of Tom Hardy's. Oh, well, he got it right. I apologize, Connor. You did it right. Tom Hardy's hopefully great turn as the comic book character in the Venom movie coming out later this year. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Word to Samuel L. Jackson. I am tired of these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. (laughs) Snakes. Qdoba food. Should ever be in a normal burrito plane. Which is the plane. Quesadillas. Give so much more flavor punch to your order than a boring old burrito. The quesadilla is fried to give you the warmth and crunch that every poison needs. Anyway, on to the point at hand. This snake venom starts the way it all, all great ones do, with tender pork carnitas. The carnitas melt in your mouth and leave you foaming at, at the bit for more, not in the poisony death way. The flavor packed inside each bite of carnitas is similar to that of the woozy feeling you get post-snake bite. It's one of those, I hope you're sitting down for this type of feelings. The queso that Qdoba is slinging reminds me that I am merely a mortal man with flaws and cravings. One incorrect move and I could be a goner. So the moral of the story is, 
always get queso. There are no excuses or simple explanations for why you would skip the queso. You only look back at the shell of a quesadilla while it laughs at you, knowing your mistake. Don't let that smug quesadilla get away with this. The city can't handle another scandal. Things like rice, beans, fajita peppers are all optional. I can't tell you if you need to include or skip them. I do know you will feel utterly incomplete if you do not heed my warnings from earlier. Hear me now. Believe me later. My wife always gets the nachos. (laughs) The last line always gets me. It always gets me. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. So sorry if that got confusing in the middle. Um, It was a shout-out to Snakes on a Plane. I'm not sure I read it quite right. Yeah. With the whole snakes. The snakes were a reference to the Qdoba food. And the the normal burrito is the plane, so snakes should never be on a plane type of thing. Uh, is is what he's getting at right there. So he's actually kind of anti-burrito on this, and uh, I'm actually going to contend with him. I'm a little... They didn't go the direction I was hoping. This is the problem when you start dealing with your favorites. You get expectations on what you want to do or what you want to see and what you would have done, and they go a different direction. But it's okay. I'll live. This is a four-star review. That was flaming. That was awesome. I will say this. Always get a Qdoba burrito. You get that you get that premature size burrito. When I say premature, I mean like it's the burrito size of a preemie baby. Not to be disrespectful of preemie babies. It is awesome. And you get all the goodies. And if you like spicy, you better get that queso diablo. You know what I'm saying? And guess what? Guac is an extra. Oh, and it's never given anyone E. coli. Shout out to Chipotle. So on that note, I would like to now take time to say thank you. And to our sponsors. All right. And that's a huge thank you to the sponsors of the show. <laughs> Funny joke. Uh, there are none. Y- not yet. But we're working on some fake uh, some fake sponsors up ahead that I'm just going to make up. And, uh, yeah. They'll, it'll be a pretty big deal. And, you know, really, you know, plunge the, the show into a, a new level. You know, get us on a real good listener base. But... That was the way too much, but that's why we love it. Totally over the top item of the day, otherwise known as the T-W-T-M-B-T-W-W-L-I-T-O-T-T-I-O-F-T-D for short. Now we're going to get into the grand finale, folks. The Viking tale of the day. We covered the, the breaking then blinkering problem that is very hazardous. We talked a little bit about Antifa and fascism and what that is and the greater you know, the bigger scope of it um, in today's society, specifically, you know, the United States. We saw a nice flaming review about a King Cobra comparison to Qdoba, which ironically rhymes. I think that was intentional. And we're going to top it all off with a funny tale from my life. So let's, let's take it back a few years when I was back in my home. And my dad's a vet, so we, uh, I was able to... To have a dog, a Border Collie specifically, named him Parker. And Parker was a great dog. He was super energetic, which fits my bill. If you haven't figured out already, intensity, energy, I'm all about it. 
But I'm also I'm also kind of cuddly, but that's ugh. I can't believe I just said that on this podcast. I'm not. I BRB. I gotta go like chop down on a, a sequoia tree to make up for that. Sorry about that, folks. Moment of weakness can't happen again. Well, I'm probably mm, ten years old, and you know, like ten years old, ten year olds do on. Saturdays and stuff, we have, you know, friends over, and I have trampoline and stuff in the backyard, but in our corner, so we don't have, like, a regular regular backyard at all, so it's, there's, it's not, nothing's fully enclosed, there's, like, a back and a side fence, but then, you know, the, the driveway kind of comes along the side of the house, and so it's kind of open, so you can get to the neighbor's yard and go out the driveway and stuff, and so, basically, there's no containment for, you know, a dog, and Border Collies, if you don't know this, love to run and roam, so... You you gotta kind of either keep them on a leash or kind of keep them a little bit contained because they will just they will run. He he would run miles away. But we have this big kind of this this fencing that's kind of it's like wire squares and they're big squares. So it's you know it's not like a wood fence or anything to close him in. But he's he's enclosed in here and and I actually had him out and we were playing and then my friend comes over and was like I think we were gonna go go somewhere and do something so I was like ah we'll put him up or whatever so we don't have to worry about him or maybe we're gonna jump on the trampoline I don't know but we I'm going over and you know I'm showing my friend my dog and I'm like yeah yeah he's such a cool dog look at him go and I let him in and I'm in shorts and sandals and right as I let him in he goes he goes in the door I'm still standing there right by the fence and I'm and I'm talking to him like yeah I love Parker he's awesome he's a great dog. All this jazz, and all of a sudden, I start to feel like something kind of warm on my leg, and I'm like, like nothing, nothing. It's summer, so there's you know, of course, I could just have a random you know hot spot on my leg, but then, but then like I feel kind of like running, and like it gets a little bit more intense, and all of a sudden, I look down, and Parker is proceeding to hike his leg and pee on the wall. That is. That is this fence, which is extremely perforated and porous. So he, thus, he is peeing on my leg, marking his territory, I guess. And the whole time I was praising him and telling him, you know, he's such a great dog. He's so good. And so only immediately to get stabbed in the back and betrayed. Not even intentionally. That's the worst part about this whole thing. It wasn't even on purpose. He was just like, I'm just trying to pee on the thing and didn't even... Realize P's going straight. Like it wasn't even hitting the fence. It was going straight through one of the big squares because they're like five. They're like three by three squares, so they're inches, and so they're so they're big, and it's just straight through right onto my calf. I mean, he nailed it. Luckily, I was in shorts, and luckily I had sandals on, and luckily I'm a vet's kid, so I've scooped poop my entire childhood. So I was able to, you know, I'd been pooped on, peed on, every everything else up to that point. So it really wasn't a huge deal. I was just, you know, upset in the moment, but. Moral of the story is, folks, stand back if you're letting your dog um, into a fenced area where the fence is porous, um, just in case he decides to mark that piece of the fence that you are standing right by. So that's the Viking tale of the day. Thank you for tuning in today to the Rambling Viking. It's a little bit different today. I had that intro. We talked about the new things, the Daily Ramble. Hope you'll please check it out. Uh, I'll be releasing them Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then on Wednesday will be the the regular full show. Uh, I might change that up, be impatient, and just go ahead and post the full show tonight because that's just what I'm going to do. Because I, I live by my own rules. I ride the lightning, folks. Ride the lightning. Sometimes you're feeling it, you're feeling it, and you just let it let it be. Let it let it go, let it ride. 
So that's where uh, that's where I leave it, and you know, hopefully, maybe do a do like a, a a Saturday sports special, possibly in the future. We'll see. It's kind of exciting, although I will say this: I'm not tuned in at all to the NBA Finals. I'm over that. It's hot garbage. I'm actually watching the Stanley Cup, which unfortunately has taken a turn for the worst for the Golden Knights. But their hopes are still alive. But the finals could could care less. Like it's I'm I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm more over it than the Patriots being in the Super Bowl every year. That's how over it I am. Sure, there's some a little bit of personal bias and vendetta that ties into that, but for the most part, I think even as a general sports and basketball fan, I'm over it. But I don't want to rant too much on this. This is supposed to be the outro and the goodbye. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you didn't, you know where to send it. And you know where to send your hate mail. But uh, if you if you do like it, please, you know, mention it to your friends or show it to your friends and you know. Get get some subscribers because that's the uphill battle I'm facing right now is just trying to get a listener base, you know, trying obviously starts with my friends and, and stuff like that. And so if you do enjoy it, you know, just share it on, share a link or whatever and say, hey, check this out. And maybe they just want to listen to the Daily Ramble and then get a little taste of my style and, and what I sound like and how, how I operate. And if they like that, they can check the regular episode. But I definitely recommend t- checking the regular episode. It has a little bit more structure and, and, you know, it's, it's a little bit more thought out and designed as opposed to the, the Daily Ramble is literally just a ramble about whatever happened that day. So check out the Daily Ramble released today. It's a 10-minute short on um, the gas station. Mm, I'm not going to give it away. And I, although I want to give previews, but it essentially gives it away. But on a couple interesting experiences I had today, and I hope we're able to see and find some Find some more thoughts and middle ground, but hope everybody has a blessed day, blessed week, blessed life. Just remember, we're all eventually going to die, so live it up now, and you know, let's try and let's try and make things a little bit better of a place. And take care of yourselves, folks. Rambling Viking out.